Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run.Down post-game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I am joined by Schwinn and Jeff. Knicks win, ending the losing streak um, at 3, 112 to 108 to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and a huge back um, bounce back game um, from both Randall and Barrett. Um, bringing our win total to 40 wins on the season. Second time in the last 10 seasons that the Knicks have hit the 40 win mark. So that's so sad. It It is. It's very sad. <laughs> it's, it's very sad. But here we are, you know, Knicks 40 and 30. Um, are we back in the sixth spot? I mean, back in the fifth spot or are we still in six because of... Um, Because I'm not sure with the Nets, they have the 39 and 29. We're record. we're we're in the we are in the sixth spot right now. Uh, because we're behind okay. Brooklyn on by percentage points. Um, I just want to say real quick that Nikola Jokic should not win MVP. Um, because I lost today, and yeah. that was a joke. Easily. I'm sorry, that's a joke. He needs to get fuck off. They their entire team needs to fuck off right now. They've been the biggest pieces of shit for the last week. Um, just completely yeah. worthless culminating in a pathetic loss today to the dastardly Brooklyn Nets. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was a, yeah, go it was ahead, a pretty, uh, I was just going to say it was a pretty nice summation of Jokic's entire life on the Nuggets though. Like it puts up the most ridiculous stat line ever. Literally 35 points, 20 rebounds, know, 11 assists, two steals, two blocks, and they're plus 14 in 40 minutes. And they lose the eight minutes he sits by 16 minutes. But, you know, yeah, fuck Jokic, right? Like, <laughs> he didn't do us any favors in the standings today. So, yep, screw him. I, I didn't watch the game. All I know is he should not win a third straight MVP. But that's just me. I'm going to, I'm not going to leave it that. We're going to talk about the Jokic MVP thing. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the Knicks. Um, Julius Randle, huge bounce back game. Um, 18 points in the first quarter. Um, he started off the game looking like it was going to be a repeat of last game. And then all of a, all of a sudden just like absolutely turned it on, um, playing with pace first on offense and then turn it on, on defense with the rebounding and then just pushing in pace. Um, you know, definitely set the tone for the team. And, you know, once he started doing that, a lot of the other guys on the team started doing that too. I noticed his intensity changed a, a lot more, especially when Josh Hart and Deuce came in. And shout out to those two. They they had great games tonight. Um, the stat sheet doesn't do them justice. Well, maybe it does um, McBride a little bit of justice with three steals. Um, but, yeah, I yeah. mean, he played a great game. Um, we, we kind of were all wondering about um, Deuce McBride. He didn't play a lot the last game and then quickly ended up playing the whole second half. Um, I guess he was saving Deuce for tonight. Um, so... It, yeah, I guess it worked. Yeah, that's Tibbs what it was. Yeah, just a master stroke from Tibbs there. He was, yeah, he was saving Deuce for the Lakers yeah. game. Yeah, he, he couldn't he couldn't play Deuce like ten minutes last night because he needed that. He got to really push it today for like twelve minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, shout out to Deuce. He had a great game. Um, shout out to the, to the whole bench unit. I guess tonight. I mean, they really like every single one of them contributed in 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 their own way, and you know, really contributed to this win. Hartenstein ended up closing the game. Um, 10 rebounds, um, two steals, a block. Um, had that really um, clutch steal that, you know, got um, RJ on the break to Obi. 
Um, and yeah, we even got to see Josh Hart with RJ Barrett close tonight, which has been something that we all kind of discussed on here a bunch about the weirdness of the weirdness of the fit with RJ and Josh Hart um, and how that works together. It didn't really work today, I would say, but like the Knicks still pulled out a win. So I guess we'll take it at that point, but. But it's um, there. There's two. There's two factors that make it. I'm not going to say less weird because it's still a problem long term. First of all, Grimes isn't shooting nearly as much as he should. So, like the theoretical advantage of Grimes over Hart or RJ is moot if he's not going to shoot like he should. And then Hart actually was shooting a little bit more tonight. There were a couple where he like there was one where he hit in the zone where he got the initial pass, literally was uncovered, didn't shoot passed it back to RJ and RJ was like, no man, you're open. Like, and passed it back to him. And then he pulled, like, he's just got to get more used to shooting those. And I thought he did like, didn't he shoot? He, I think he shot more threes than Grimes tonight. Yeah. He shot yeah. four threes to Grimes threes. So like, look, I mean, I, I'm hundred percent with you, Sam. Like we talked about it. We're, we're usually in lockstep, but like the, we can't talk about how like, oh, we need Grimes out there for a shooting if he's not going to shoot. And that's like a different problem we can discuss. Also, just a quick side note that I found really weird. I was watching the Blazers uh, Pelicans game tonight and they were talking about how Matisse Thibel is shooting 40% from three since joining the Blazers. And the Pelicans announcer was like, yeah, I talked to Matisse before the game. And I was like, why are you shooting so much better in, than you were in Philadelphia? And he said, Matisse said, oh, I finally have a coach who believes in me shooting, which I found really strange because Josh Hart said the same thing after leaving Phoenix or excuse me, Portland. So like Josh Hart leaves Portland and he's like, oh, yeah, Chauncey didn't want me shooting. But Matisse Thibel goes to Portland and Chauncey Billups is like, yo, man, fucking let it loose. Like, I just found that really, really strange. Chauncey is weird. He's weird um, if that's the case. Yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on it. Matisse Thibel is shooting 40% from three on, like, what, three attempts a game or something? Who cares? Fuck him. He's a loser. <laughs> Sean hates, like, everybody. I despise him. Matisse Thibel was, like, he, had, he like, shot really well for randomly his, like, first month and a half in the, in the NBA. And everybody was like, oh, my God, what could this guy be? And I'm like, probably a 3 exactly and D guy in college. Probably exactly what was in college. A guy that's an awesome defender who you can basically make unplayable. Like, that's um, what he is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett. Um, most games with 30 points each, Knicks duos over the last 50 seasons. Allen Houston and Latrell Sprewell, five. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Patrick Ewing and Gerald Wilkins. And Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith, all with four games. With thirty points each, Gerald Wilkins shout out. <laughs> Once a Nick, always a Nick, baby. Nick's Nick's duos over the last fifty seasons. This is <sighs> that. It honestly that <laughs> makes me like that's so depressing. Actually, to think about like that's those are our duos over the last fifty seasons. Like, let's let's move on, Sam. Do a better job. Be better. I just thought <laughs> I just thought that was interesting to point out. Um, depressing. Like, yeah, is it interesting? Yeah, you're like, let's think about the dumbest fucking Nick stat possible I can talk about here. That just really drives home. It just really (laughs) drives home the lack of star power we've had over the years. (laughs) 
Oh man. Well, um, I think we should also give our um our due to RJ Barrett tonight. Um, one of his shout best... out Tyrese. <laughs> yeah, he's been ducking um <laughs> lately. Um, he's doing finals. He's not really ducking, what but we're gonna make jokes here? about it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we should give some credit to RJ Barrett tonight. He definitely had a great bounce back game. Um, the litany of finishes in the paint was absolutely amazing. The contested layups, the spins, the half spins, the all the different moves he was just pulling out. Like it was just so, I guess, weird to see RJ Barrett just like finish that well in the paint today, but he did. Um, so. Shout out to RJ Barrett, um, especially in that fourth quarter where, you know, you really want your stars and your best players to perform, and he did that. Um, he unleashed he... his litany of moves, right? <laughs> did you not like my <laughs> word choice there? No, I just, I'm just like, I didn't know that you were doing SAT tutoring also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even need to talk like Schwinn can just, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna listen. I'm just gonna listen to Schwinn hate on everything and everyone. It's just, <laughs> can I just say this? I didn't actually think the Knicks played that well tonight. They didn't. No, I agree. they didn't. Like I, I thought their defense was pretty bad mm-hmm. to start the game. I thought it was pretty bad to start the second half. They did tighten up in each half after like the first five, six minutes. Um, I really, I don't know what the hell Grimes was doing on D'Lo. Like, D'Lo, first, D'Lo made some tough shots, but he also got, like, he, like, was able to walk into three threes where Grimes was just, like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Like, like genuinely, I'm, like, I was watching that. I'm, like, so you're just, we're just letting D'Lo walk, like, dribble into a three. Like, we're good with that. Um, It was a weird game. Like, RJ and Randall ended up, finishing like i think it's fair to say they both had good games but even within good games i thought both of them had like stretches where i'm like i hate you like i just hate you right now um but and and i thought honestly like it's so weird because i didn't think mitch played bad but it was obvious that hardenstein just played way better than him today um like the plus minus isn't lying to you that that is he was awesome tonight hardenstein honestly you i think he was the player of the game he was fucking great tonight um, I thought some of his defensive reads were really good. It's clamps on AD on that possession. Yeah, he he did not bite on AD's pump fix. He got two stops on AD on that one possession, right? Um, that was a really impressive possession. He had that steal late in the game that was pretty big. Like I just thought he played a fucking awesome game. And like it's kind of nice that we have him and Mitch, because neither is particularly like the paragon of consistency. Um, but if you have both of them more than not you're probably going to be fine at the center spot and i didn't think mitch played bad tonight i just don't think mitch played well like or not i don't i didn't think mitch played a particularly like this was this is not a game you'd be like mitch was awesome tonight no this was like this is like uh it's like a baseline mitch performance hartenstein was actually fucking awesome tonight though um and i thought randall started the game really poorly like the first like three or four possessions lakers had I think they got two offensive rebounds. One of them, he just stood and like watched Jared Vanderbilt run and get a board and like did nothing. But he, he picked was, it up. From I'm there. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Schwinn. Can I just hop in here? Like, yeah, he was standing the whole game. Like he didn't try on defense the whole game. He didn't box out once the whole game. Like he looks, he looks gassed. He looks really gassed. Yeah. He looks absolutely gassed. But 
he put up 33, eight and five. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to break this game down. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the, like, like this is to me, like, um, good teams win games when they're not at their best. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks were not at their best tonight. And they're playing a Lakers team. That's hot. Like they, I think they're the number one defense in the league over the last 11 or coming into tonight. So the last 11 games. So now 12 games, they're probably still number one in the league, to be honest, defensively uh, in that time. Um, so like there was that going on. So this is, this is like not the Lakers, like the loss we had to the Lakers early in the season was so fucking annoying because we were so much better than that team. And we just sucked ass that game. This game was different where it was like, they're actually a good team now, but we are still better even without Brunson. And like, I think that's what made it really frustrating in a lot of ways where it was like there, we would stretch the lead out to seven and then we would have like, idiotic moronic brain dead decisions that would help them bridge the gap and then we push it back out to five and then we would do something stupid and we push it back out to six we just like it was constantly a game where you felt like if we just get our shit together for like 10 minutes we could probably push the game out and i mean that's how the fourth quarter was like we pushed we pushed the game out in our favor um and i'll say this like again i'm not i'm not gonna kill tibbs for it but like I didn't love him coming back with Randall and quickly when he did. I thought that unit was like cooking. I think they, they were up. Have, they could have played a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean they were up seven if I remember correctly when he brought Randall and Quick back in. I get well, I get it. Like I get it. Um, again, I'm not. It was also it was also Schwinn. It was a weird thing because so he let them go a little bit longer than honestly I thought. Like the Lakers called timeout when the Knicks went up seven with like eight minutes left and i was like okay like if if there's a bad possession he's gonna get quickly and randall up and the Mm -hmm. knicks had a a bad possession or two and um he kept him out there and then literally when he gets them up they have another bad possession on offense that was when hardenstein got the steal or or that was when obi got that crazy alley-oop and when obi was getting back on defense you saw quickly and randall coming to the scorers table and it was like oh man, this is weird. So like, I do get it from Tibbs's perspective, but I get what you're saying too. Cause it was like, it was weird that it felt like the Knicks had the momentum and the bench unit was clearly playing well. And you see Obi running back on defense after that crazy awesome alley-oop. And it's like, oh, they're coming out now, you know? So I kind of get it from both sides. Yeah. And I thought, I thought Deuce was really fucking good tonight. Like, so good. Maybe that's probably the best game he's played in a while. Ages. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least since the Sixers game. And honestly, I thought he was better than he, he was. I, I thought he was better tonight than he was in the Sixers game. Um, he was on it. Like he he looked tonight like a guy that, like when the ball got to him, he was not afraid of it. Like he 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 was he pulled the trigger quickly. He made decisive decisions. I thought defensively, he changed the 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 tenor of the game when he came in both halves. Um, he was really really good. He played with great physicality. Um, I think it's very obvious that Tibbs must like him based on the fact that everything Van Gundy said, I'm like, this sounds like Tibbs told you these things. Like, it sounds like you guys had a nice little heart to heart last night. You know, you guys talked about some stuff. Over candlelit big, dinner. Yeah. You guys, you know, maybe had a steak, a couple <laughs> fucking, couple fucking scotches in. <laughs> it was like, Hey, love the deuce kid. If you could just make some fucking shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, like, look, look, this is, this is what it is. Like this team has consistently shown and and whatever their flaws, they're definitely not a perfect team. Lord knows that God knows they're not the smartest team down the stretch of games. 
Um, Man, you know, we would just we, talk about the late game offense. My yeah, God, like, we 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 know all that. But what they do is they fucking battle and they find ways. They compete every night and they find ways to win, even when they're not at their best, even when they're not at full strength. You know, without Brunson and without Mitch now, I think they're at two games over 500. So in games where they don't either have Mitch or they don't have Brunson, they're two games over 500. Um, we They actually also, they've won a couple games where they didn't have either. Um, the Miami game, right? At home, they didn't have Mitch and they didn't have, have Brunson. They won that. So like th- this team has a lot of character and they got a lot of heart. Um, you know, I, I there's really not much else to say about it. And like, the nice thing is, I think they're now, I think they're still four, are they four ahead? Of, no, the three ahead in the loss column to the to the Heat, um, and I think they're now five ahead in the loss column. Column, Jesus Christ, uh, to the Hawks. Um, four, four of the Hawks, three of the Heat. Yeah. Okay. So, like, they're in a good spot with that. They have the tie. Like, so they're two and two against the Hawks. They're at worst going to finish two and two with Miami. Uh, the division record is five hundred. We're five hundred in the division. Which, if you told me that at the start of the year, I would have been like, fucking great. Let's do it. Sounds good. Like, I would have taken that at the start of the year. This is a good team. Um, They just all, like, honestly, you would look at it and you'd be like, if they just win, well, they got, they're 40 and 30, so they got 12 games left. If they go six and six, they'll be a top six seed. Like, it's really that simple. And Yeah. yeah, I understand. Like, I would like to be the five seed. I think the NBA would love for us to be the five seed. Um, but like if they finish as, as, as the 16, I'm going to be, I'll be fine. I'll be totally okay with that. Um, that would be a successful year for me to me. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, a, it was a fun, it was a fun game. Yeah. I just, I want to say about the late game offense, because we talk a lot about like where Jalen Brunson is missed and you saw it tonight. Like, as far as, like, orchestrating and organizing, all the stuff that didn't end in the lead initiator's shooting, like, looked the same. Like, quickly had that one probe that ended in an RJ catch-and-shoot three. Great possession. Quickly had multiple times where he created an advantage, got it out to Randall in a good spot, and, you know, you want to see Randall kind of act faster, but he's just more comfortable jabbing and, you know. But what Brunson does to mitigate that stuff is he's just an elite one-on-one scorer and quickly he's not there yet. Like quickly when the defense and, and I, I shouldn't say yet, it's unlikely you saw it with Dennis Scrotum tonight. <laughs> um, it's like, it's <laughs> unlikely quickly ever gets there. God damn it, Sam, um, as a scorer, but that's like the Jalen Brunson just gets you those looks and gets you those high floor buckets. Um, I, I I'd push back on that and I'll say this. I think, I think the end of game offense tonight was um I'll put it this way. I think quickly he's not a one he's not the one on the one scorer, obviously that Brunson is. I think there was like because Randall and because RJ both had it going tonight, I feel like he deferred to them down the stretch instead of attacking situations where I thought he had an advantage to exploit. Um, and he's got to understand. And like, look, this is when I say this, I mean, this is like a, 
this is like part of his development as a player. He's got to have that confidence and understanding at times that like, it's okay for me to look for my shot here. It's okay for me to look for my shot. He took one shot, I think in the, in the fourth, he took that pull up three. I think that was the only shot he took. Um, yeah, he, like again, like this, this is another thing. Like he didn't play a bad game, but it was a weird game for him where it was like, I thought he deferred too much in the second half. I loved, I, I like really liked how he played in the first half. I thought his first half was really good. I thought in the second half he was too tentative. Um, I thought Randall was just fucking weird all night. I, I don't even know what to say about him at this point. Like he just confuses me. Um, he had, he had one of the dumbest turnovers I think I've ever seen in my life today. Like he literally spun baseline had, I don't remember who it was wide open in the corner, but then he jumped in the air and tried to force some pass to somebody at the, on the, uh, like above the break on the wing, which led to like the Lakers getting out and getting a bucket in transition. I was just like, I feel like you just made that 75 times harder than it needed to be. Um, Wait, Schwinn, Schwinn, you didn't say the most ridiculous part about that. He literally looked right at Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, Emmanuel it was quickly crazy. was unguarded. Yeah. It was right in front of him. It was two feet from him, and Emmanuel quickly was on an island. And he, rather than just making the <laughs> dump off, like jumped in the air and did this like fucking pirouette. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was one of the weirdest. Like, I didn't even know how to react to that. Like when I was watching, I was just like, I was like, this is like, I, I was like flabbergasted by how dumb of a play that was but then like you know like rj like you know to not not to be outdone at the end of the game we're up like four points and and he goes into the shot like it was like with like 14 seconds left on the shot clock like what are you doing and the funniest thing about that was like the entire time leading in out of that timeout into the possession and when they're bringing the ball up, Van Gundy was just talking about like, yeah, look, you just want to use the, you want to use the full shot clock here. You want to make sure you milk it down. <laughs> and like, as soon as RJ got it, I I knew, like I knew because <laughs> yeah. there was an angle and he put the ball on the floor and I was like, he's like, going for it. I was like, he's hundred percent just going to shoot this right now. Like, yeah, I know there's like no other outcome here. Let's just hope he makes it. Didn't make it. Uh, by the way, Darvin Ham, maybe like dumbass. I've watched a few Lakers games. I I think he's probably doing something right, like schematically keeping guys together, all that stuff, which is important. But like that that, that time I took today was insane. Uh, and then I don't know if you guys remember this, but that the the LeBron game where he broke the all time scoring record or whatever. Mm-hmm. Down the stretch of that game, he had like he like didn't use timeouts when it was like a three point game and stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea what this guy does at the end of game. Like his end of game stuff is bizarre. But that was that, that timeout was like, I was like, what? What is the point of this timeout here? Like, yeah, the the, the timeout was like all time bad because like I don't, what, I literally don't because understand. he basically cre- he created a scenario where once Josh Hart hit the second free throw, we won. Like the game was over. As long like mm-hmm. there was no outcome for them to win. <laughs> he he yeah, was it was very weird. It was yeah. the only way they could have won was they make a three or make whatever shot and we turn it over. And the only other scenario where they win is they make a shot. We miss, they foul us. We miss both free throws and they make a Hail Mary. Like there's no way for them to win that game after that point. It was ridiculous. Uh, Unbelievably bad. 
Um, Schwinn, to your IQ point earlier, we, me and Jeff, we discussed this on... Um... Just, just real quick, Walcott Fraser, I think the ham time, timeout was trying to ice heart. Um, I don't know. I, I, but I, like, I'll just say, like, I'm against... I think the icing stuff just doesn't work in any sport. Unless I think in college it might work just a little Maybe. bit. Maybe. But like I don't I would need to see like like I, I've never I've never felt like there's statistical just anecdotally even watching these games, like field goals, this type of stuff. Like I don't feel like it works for the most part. And I just think coaches go to that stuff and it just doesn't make any sense. I, I thought it was dumb. It was dumb. It was a dumb timeout. It definitely was. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, um, Schwinn, yesterday me and Jeff were talking about this on the Clippers post game about um where we missed IQ. I mean, where we missed the um, Brunson. Um, and you were talking about how IQ hasn't really developed into like not necessarily the one-on-one score, but like having the mentality of like I need to go get mine. Um, and you saw that at the in the Clippers game a little bit too as well, um, where he just didn't really go for stuff at the end of the game when we could have like. I thought the Clippers game was weird. I thought he did go for stuff, but it like he went for it too late. Like it was like mm-hmm. a nine point game, and he was like, "Okay, fuck it. Like, I'll start looking for my shot now." Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't, and I don't view it as like, I don't think it's like he. I actually don't think it's a lack of confidence in himself. I think it's like, oh no, I need to get Julius and and RJ, and like I got to get them going. I got to defer to them, mm-hmm. and at some point, like. I get that. And it's not the worst mindset to have in some ways, but it's also like there just need to be sequences where he asserts himself. Like there were too many possessions today where somebody get the rebound and it's like, they give the ball to Randall instead of quickly. And I'm like, let's not do that. Like, like, and that's not because that's not even to say like, don't get Randall the ball. Don't let him like, no, I wanted Randall to shoot, but like, I also don't need Randall to bring the fucking ball up constantly. Like, I mean, we've all played ball. Like, there's, I don't know what the hell it is, but there's a huge difference between just like running up and down the floor without the ball versus like being the point guard, having to bring it up. That like, it, like bringing the ball up takes energy out of you. And um, we obviously know that, like, I, I think it's obvious that Randall's not, he's a bit gassed right now. You want to save his legs as much as you can. And it, you know, even if you want to just like get the ball to Randall and an ISO, that's fine. Just let, quickly bring the ball up and then swing it to him. Like, it's not, not a big deal to me. Um, so, I mean, that was it. Like, I, again, at the end of the day, it was a fucking weird ass game, um, but they fucking battled. They got a win. They got a, they got a big win. That was, that was, a, that was, that felt like a big win tonight. That was a good win. Huge win. Um, you know, especially the way that we lost the last three games. It's just like, Yeah. To play an ugly game and win it is a nice change of pace. Yeah, and it's uh, always good for it's it's always really good for a team coached by Tibbs to win a game where they don't play well because like it it kind of gives us it, it lets Tibbs have his cake and eat it too, you know? Because obviously, as we've learned the last three years, he doesn't really care about anything more than the wins. But you know, he always is talking about learning and evolving and you know growing through mistakes well now he gets to you know be like okay you guys don't get a rest on your laurels you guys i don't like how you were doing x y and z um and so it's good for a guy like tibbs to you know keep them i don't think they're gonna be you know go into portland's game and be like oh you know we're back you know like i feel like they're still they're gonna stay hungry going into portland tuesday night which is good for the team 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't felt like I, I don't think the effort has been an issue. Like, there are people that are saying like, oh, they mailed it in against Charlotte. I didn't think they mailed it in. They just shot like shit. Um, and they and were I thought just they dead. They're like they yeah, have legs. They were dead. I thought. I mean, against Sacramento, I it really at no point in the game did I feel like they're mailing it in. And the fact they made the comeback they made, made it a game, like, clearly they didn't mail it in. You know, they they brought the effort there. And I thought they competed hard against the Clippers. I actually thought for three quarters, basically until Randall committed that utterly ridiculous foul at the end of the third quarter, um, I, I thought they, to me, they looked like a team. I think, like, I know we've lost both games to the Clippers. I really feel like we're a bad matchup for them. Um, I feel like, all right, I'll just throw this out there. Whatever. Fuck it. Um, I was watching, when I I was watching that game, I was like, if you just got a version of like Josh Hart that could shoot to replace RJ and you got a pure stretch four to replace Obi because they clearly want that backup four to be a stretch four person because that's what they're turning Obi into. Like that that's not a team that's gonna like compete for a championship. I do think that team is intriguing. Um I think like I, I think a team like if you just told me we could get a couple of not as maybe less lower usage but quick decision making wings in place of those guys it'd be an interesting team i just thought, like you could see moments in that game where i'm like anytime we ran the ball in that game we fucking smoked them which is why that game was infuriating to me because i was like you're literally playing into their hands by accepting this half court game every single time you're pushing tempo you smoke them anytime you move anytime you move off the ball anytime you move the ball side to side you're getting a wide open shot and I have like there are just these moments with RJ where it's like he slows everything down. And that game yesterday, like the Clippers game, was one of the most egregious examples that I thought. I thought he was so palpably the worst player on the team yesterday. Um, and in a way that was like utterly destructive to the collective. And that includes the fact that like our Randall had a fucking mental breakdown in that game. Again, um, whatever the hell was going on with him. And even in spite of that, I still think like Randall's just so much more naturally talented as a shot maker that like he can play like utter garbage and you're just like, eh, well, give it another shot. And like RJ yesterday, I, I was so disgusted uh, by his second quarter performance yesterday. Like the entire first time I was at that second quarter performance, he had this fucking drive to give to, to Paul George that made me want to fucking like take a sledgehammer and just break the TV that I was watching it on. Like it was insane to watch it. And he pulled, he pulled him right after that. He pulled him right after that. He put Grimes in. And then, and the, and I think the part, like really what I'm talking about is like after that. So you get these, you get these minutes of like quickly Grimes heart with Randall or top end, but like there was Randall to four too. And I'm like, I watched that and I'm like, this feels like something like, I don't know what exactly it is. But this feels like a very solid two-way lineup that just needs a little bit more shooting. 
Yeah. So like if Hart ever wants to shoot again, that'd be great. Um, but like, or if Grimes ever wants to like physically make a three again, that'd be great too. But like, I don't know. I, I that game was very interesting to me. I have a lot of thoughts on that game. That that game felt like a very eye-opening moment for me. I'll say that much. But to you know, to balance it out with tonight's game, you see in the early in the fourth quarter how like the idealized version of RJ can be so important even to this team. Because like yeah. he was out there, he was the only advantage creator in that lineup. And that lineup was cooking because he can get to spots that nobody else can. And it creates these, you know, it creates the defensive scrambles that Tibbs wants out of his offense. And so like when RJ's getting downhill and the defense has to respect him because he's getting to spots and he's making shots, like I'm not saying you're wrong. I I mean the the impact numbers for the season are what they are. Like people can try and hand wave them away however they I, want. I think no no, I I think what you're saying is like I think we all believe that like the ideal version of this team, like the the best version of this team requires RJ or third player X to be a dynamic shot creator to some extent. Uh mm-hmm. and be a penetrating guy that can get into the paint and spray the ball out like for sure. And that's why I think that, that's actually some of the biggest frustration I think with RJ. Cause it's like, I mean, quite frankly, like the best minutes, the best games quickly has had are just way better than RJ's best games this year. They just are. Um, and that, that's not like really a knock to me on RJ. It's more like, it says a lot about quick quick has been fucking awesome this year. Um, but like, so you're right. Like you do need that third guy. But it's also hard at times, especially like when you're just watching right when you're just talking regular season ball, it's hard to just be like, like, I mean, I'm telling you, I watched that game yesterday. I'm like, I don't want to trade RJ for OG Ananobi, but I totally get it right now. Like, I totally get it watching that game yesterday where I'm like, less could be more sometimes, especially in the regular season. Um, and I think that's that's just the hardest part with him where it's like, Man, I mean, even tonight, like he like he he scores thirty points. I thought he played a really good game. I thought he had big minutes, like key minutes in the second half, especially. But even then, I'm just like, can you make a fucking three, dude? Please. Like, the jumper looks. Three? I don't know what's going on with this jumper. It, it looks bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. Like he had one that he nearly banked in, but it was like I was, I'm like, I was he, literally about to say that word for word. Like every shot that he looks like he's gonna bank in, it like it. It looks so awful. Yeah, it was that terrible. Was wild. And he's he was wide somebody. open. He was he's wide open. Somebody. He was wide open, and it was like, I think it might have been. It was either quickly or Randall that swung at him, and I'm like, and it's a, it's like, that's the shot. Like any coach on any team in the NBA, if you're like, we're gonna get, you're gonna get a wide open three from the wing for your two or three guy, your your two or three man, and they'd be like, great, take that. And like, I mean, that shot was like, it was hideous. I, He's I gonna not, hurt somebody. I couldn't believe that. Like when it He's let when it somebody. left his hand, as soon as it left his hand, I was like, oh brother, like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's it's rough. Like his game his games look so much better when he's not taking jump shots, which is like so concerning a little bit, I guess. Cause like... I just I just I just wanna I just wanna I don't know if this is pushback or I just wanna I just wanna say that when I'm talking about with RJ, I think is actually pretty unique to him, even compared to like quickly, 
like, and again, I agree with you. Like, Quickly's clearly been better this season, and like a lot of that has to do with defense. But Quickly's best games have just been better. But I still do think that like the peak RJ, what his best skill set is, is something only he offers. So like, I guess like I just want to make it clear that I'm not saying that like oh the ideal the the optimal version of this team has a third guy, any third guy that can create some offense. I actually think that like the way RJ creates his offense, the way he gets downhill, the way the the shots he creates for the team is actually pretty unique to like, not just only him, but it is just like a pretty rare skill set. And I, I don't know, like, I, I almost feel like we're not selling him short because again, the, the overall impact numbers are what they are. But I do think that like the, the best version of him isn't just this thing that like, Oh, any third option can do. I I don't know. I I feel like there's a middle ground here that we're kind of missing out on. I guess where I, I'm not sure is like, I still think that the ideal third guy is a wing that can like operate in mid range spots. And RJ is just not there at all. I do think like there is something to be said of like, he's the most natural dribble drive threat like i know brunson is brunson's so he's like jazz dude brunson's like just doing his own thing like he's just like very like it must be so hard to play with him sometimes because you're just like i have no idea what you're gonna do right now like are you you want me to roll you want me to rescreen like i have no idea but like there's a i mean some of the some of the issues with him in terms of being like how methodical he is are also good parts of his game but like i also just need him to read the floor better like i mean even tonight like he had, he had like multiple drives tonight where i'm like i don't i don't get how you're like you don't understand where the openings are like i don't get how you don't recognize the help is there you've done your job make the simple read kick it out to this guy above the break or this guy like it, it, i'm not asking for advanced reads i don't need him to be james harden or fucking lebron or luca or something but like you gotta understand when you once you collapse the paint, if you don't have a shot, there's somebody that's open, and you should really probably understand by this point, like or have a better natural feel for where that open man is, and he just doesn't have it. There was one towards the end of the game where he drove in, drew help, and he had nowhere to go, and he was about to turn it over, it, or it felt like he was about to turn it over, and I think you could hear like Hart like telling him like like calling for it because wide the fuck open at the top of the key. And he, he got it to him. And I was like, Jesus, like, thank God he did that. But what, like, th- these, that, that shouldn't be, a, that's not even a hard read. That's not a hard read. You've got to have a natural feel for that. And I'm still, like, a little concerned with him. Where, so like, tunnel vision of Canada? Yeah, I don't even know if it's tunnel vision anymore. Versus that is like, not an original name by me, by the way, Jeff. I got that, that from somewhere thing? else. No, I got that from uh, somewhere else. I have no idea where I got it from, but I saw it on Twitter somewhere. But yeah. But yeah, I just think like, you know, I just, I still, I, I expect more from him at this point. I'll put it that way. Like he had a really good game tonight. So I don't, I'm not, I hope this doesn't come across me like dumping on him, but even within his good games, you're just making I, observations. Yeah. I just feel like he's still leaving so much on the board. And if he doesn't understand that now, like it's hard to keep being like, he'll figure it out, he'll figure it out, figure it out. Um, Perfect I just want, for this comment. Yeah. Why are we hitting RJ? He won his game. No, he fucking, <laughs> like, g- give me a break with that. He went 12 with 27. He had 30 points. Like, he was good tonight. Don't get me wrong. He was good tonight. He 
did not win us the game. He had a really good second half. His first half might as well have just been like a fucking, you know, it was, he played some minutes. That's what he did in the first half. Like he was just the guy. He's just a guy. I'm not hating on our. And you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I, if I am hating on just so be it. Like we we're allowed to fucking like hold him to a higher standard than whatever the fuck this season has been from him. Yeah. And and the second half of this game is exactly why. The second half of this game is exactly. It makes it makes everything why. else that much more frustrating. What the hell was that game yesterday? <laughs> what the hell was that yesterday? Like I I'm not Drugs. joking, man. I watched this game my friends my friends place in the city. <laughs> And then we went to a party after that at his friends' apartment, our like mutual friends' apartment. Everybody there's a Knicks fan. We're talking about this. We're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? He literally couldn't fucking move yesterday. Like, he literally couldn't move yesterday. And I'm like, you're 22 years old. Why do you have these like stretches of games where like you may as well be me? Like, that's how you're moving. <laughs> He's like, oh, like, I'm fucking fat and Indian. Like, no, like what the fuck? Like, no, like you're fucking 22 years old. You're supposed to be an elite athlete. Like, why are you moving? Like, fucking, uh, you know, who was the worst running back in the NFL this year? I have no idea. Whoever that was, that's what the fuck RJ was moving like. Like, he was just not together. And I'm like, what is happening here? And like, what made it even more insane? Like, that's why that game yesterday was so infuriating because i was like if rj and randall just play normal like they don't even need to have good games just play average games you probably win that game and that's even with Kawhi going god mode like like you probably win that game that's why that game yesterday was so infuriating and like with with randall i have a lot more patience for him this year because he's played at a way higher level and he's done it consistently and he's carried us for stretches whereas with rj i'm like it feels like he puts together two games and he sucks ass for three. And then he has three good games and he sucks ass for two. And it's like, I, I get, I talk about this all the time on our, on, on the pod where I'm like, you got to live with this. It's up to now. It's like, this is like part of like, sometimes it takes guys longer, but I'm not going to lie, man. When you're going through it, I'm like, I fucking hate this guy right now. Like, uh, please like, stop, like find some consistency. And, and the consistency to me has so much less to do with like, being a consistent shot maker versus just like, can you not, can you just have, give me two weeks of just like you making the right decision 90% of the time, just to make the right decision 90% of the time offensively. And then today, I mean, look, he, he, he played a really good game today and especially the second half. The second half was awesome. Like you can't guard Austin Reeves in an ISO. Yeah, like, like that's like I can't expect that from you. Like, yeah, uh, Schwid. Before we get to that though, I I do want to address the Austin Reeves thing because I think the comment commentary made a great comment on that. I do want to get to the ad read before we keep going, um, but we will address that Austin Reeves thing. Um, yeah, NBA fans, it's time to bring hoops actions to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Download the app Sam, now. Sam knows all about bets not hitting, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yesterday I hit Emmanuel quickly double double for plus seventeen hundred. So like, yeah, but but what, had, about, uh, what about like the fifteen other bets you had that didn't cash? 
I didn't play that much. You would still make money. Do you know how plus seventeen hundred works? Well, it depends on it. Depe- it depends on you know how many units you put on it. I, I put ten dollars on point. it. Yeah. I had a uh, I had RJ over twenty nine and a half plus six hundred tonight. Mm. Wow, nice. You just had a feeling. Yeah. He always uh, plays against the Lakers. He does play well. Some uh, one of the KFS guys. I I tailed him just because I was like, mm. you know what, the gamble yeah. guy. What's Mensa? up, Mensa? I, I forget who it was. They do their the whole like pregame thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It was one of them. I think it was Andrew actually, but I'm not 100 percent right. sure. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, you know, I in, in RJ we trust. Some people like to put their uh, bets on the record before games, and other people like to just make all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Download the app now and sign up with code TBBN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200. Bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. I just want to read this out. Not the worst, but Zeke is pretty fan slow. Shout out to Dallas Cowboys for paying Zeke. I literally, I literally, uh, Schwinn, I was going through all the running, all the starting running backs in my head, and I was down to three. So two who I think are actually reasonable answers were Zeke and Leonard Fournette. Fournette was awful for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah sure. specifically running, and then one who's just close to my heart is Melvin Gordon. <laughs> that motherfucker i just i do not like that him as a football player i'm sure he's a great person but i i did a, really like that when player. he got cut and everybody like all the broncos turns and shit got him he was like the fuck man like what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> he was just it, it's just like i mean we know it as a nick fan it was a combination and i know javante williams got hurt but like it was a year, it was a year and a couple of weeks of him taking Javante's carries yeah. and then he sucked. Like, so it was like, you know, it was all the stuff we've seen with like quickly and, you know, young guys getting their minutes taken from them. And then, uh, whatever. All right. Keep going with your, what you were going to get into Sam. Sorry. Yeah. We were going to talk about Austin Reeves, um, RJ Barrett, just not being able to contain him, which the common, uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was J- Jeff Van Gundy. He was like, you know, RJ Barrett's like really struggling to contain Reeves. And I was like, man, this is the point that we're at with RJ. Like, God damn, these are the comments that folks is making about him on the commentary. Like, geez. Can, can RJ do like yoga or like he's so stiff. Yeah, He's so stiff through the hips. Like when he, when a guy crosses him, yeah, it's it, it's over. It's like he take he's like the fucking. He has to turn his whole body around. He's like the fucking Titanic out there. I'm like, you better hit an iceberg, bro. Like, what's going on? Like, you good? Um, it's rough. I don't, I'm just like, I mean, there was that one drive towards the end of the game where it's like Reeves did the like most white person crossover, ever, <laughs> and RJ is like, oh my god, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I was like, what, how, like, what is going on here? Can you move your fucking feet? Like, please, for the love of God, move your feet. It was brutal to watch some of those. But then, like, but then at the same time, like, yeah, like, he has these stretches offensively where, like, yeah, like, just do this all the time. Is that good? Like, can you do this all the time? I don't it's know. It's so like, weird because, like, offensively, he was able to do all, like, these spins and pivots and whatnot in the paint tonight. It's just, like, it's so weird how that works. Yeah, it was... Again, this this game was just weird all around, man. It, it really was a strange fucking game. Um, I would imagine actually when we when we looked if we look tomorrow, I would imagine the Lakers beat us in terms of shot quality. But I also have no idea how to like 
I don't know that for sure because I think I'm become numb to us missing open threes because I'm just like, oh yeah, no, that like that we're supposed to miss, right? Like, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what you're supposed to. I mean, Julius got so lucky on so many dudes just like missing open threes. Like he just was like literally just like, okay, screw this guy, he's not making this. Julius is uh, going through one of his really fun defensive stretches where he's just like, I dare you to make this shot. It's also, it's not just the half court though. It's worse in transition because you see the rest of the guys scrambling back, trying to pick up a guy. There's no rules. You have to like communicate and each pick up somebody and Julius's rule in transition is I'm just going to stand here. So the other guys don't know who to guard. They're like, it's so frustrating to watch. It's, and it's just like, again, he put up 33. Your point, like, yeah, it's, I, like, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you're like, would we have won the game without him though? Right. Like, I don't know. Exactly. I'm not entirely certain. Um, that's why I said, that's why I said, I don't know how to like analyze a game like that because like, if you do the rewatch, I'm sure you can find 15 Julius Randall plays where you're like, dude, what the fuck were you doing there? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, he just walked into 33, eight and five and we won the game. So like, all right, I guess, I guess that's it. All right, let's get into some comments because we've got. I mean, we've been getting into into them as we, you know, sporadically. Um, I've seen some pretty good ones so far that I do want to address. Um, Nick Tape. One of the most frustrating things about Thibs' coaching to me is the way he has us run. He has us run prevent offense when up late. It's really, really annoying and makes things more stressful than they should be. Thoughts? Uh. I am kind of of the opinion that I'm less annoyed by him going with that and more annoyed by who he chooses to trust to do those things. Like, Mm. I just don't buy Randall as a fourth quarter shot creator crunch time guy. Like, or at least to be very specific, not, not in the way that we often tend to use him in those spots where it's like, He's telegraphed, just like we're gonna ISO you at the elbow or top of the key, go make shit happen, and like teams can prepare for that. They just know it's coming, and he's not the best decision maker under pressure. We know that. Like he's not necessarily an intuitive playmaker all the time. So, um, I agree. Like it is definitely frustrating. I also think, to some extent, he may be at the whims of the talent on his roster. Like. I would guess that he would I feel like if quickly would just be like if he would consistently call his own number and deliver, I think Tibbs would be would prefer that than to trusting Randall, but I also don't think he's gonna do that until he actually trusts Quigley. So I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um I get the frustration. I don't even totally disagree with that. I just think it's like, you know, I'm not sure exactly where I feel about it now, I guess is probably the best way to put it. I feel like it clearly falls somewhere in the middle because Tibbs wants them to slow it down. That's we've seen it for three years. That's what Tibbs wants. But when, 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 when quickly and Julius run a pick and roll and quickly draws two defenders and kicks it out to Julius, there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. I promise you Tibbs is okay with him going there and just fucking call me next time. Julius catches and goes once he doesn't know how to do it. Like he catches jabs Thanks. and then the defense. He, it's like he's, he's like got to survey the floor before he does something type of thing. It's I mean, so Mello Mel, Mel, Mel is like this too. 
When yeah, and Julius is like this too, where it's like it's like when they just catch and shoot, obviously you're always okay with that. But if they don't just catch and shoot, then it always turns into this like jab step, jab step, yep. probe, like get into some mid range spot. Like it's always just kind of a mess. Um Mello's just, better. Were bad, were bad Mello was better at that, obviously, because he's a superior yeah. scorer to Julius. But like, you know, I do truly believe that like sometimes the way people talk about Mello now, I'm like, do you guys actually like remember the Carmelo Anthony era? Doesn't feel like you do. Feel like, you know, oh man, what I would do to have Carmelo here to close games. And I'm like, do you guys remember like as when he got to the Knicks, he just lost all his fourth quarter closing superpowers all of a sudden? Bro was like, oh yeah, no, he's not actually. Like he, I mean, he had a year in Denver where he hit like seven or eight game winners, um, and like, yeah. I mean, his earlier his earlier times in New York were much more filled with. When he, the year he got he got to New York, he was like really really awesome that year in the clutch, and he had some spots the year after that too in twenty eleven twelve. Obviously, the the Easter game is the main one, um, where he was like he delivered in, in in crunch time. But it was like it was just really weird, and I just think in general like it speaks to how difficult it is to be an end of game shot creator. Um, and just like how hard it is to do that efficiently, which is why Brunson is like, if anything, like, like all these stretches without him, um, you know, it just drives home, like how important of a player he is and, and why, like it was a smart decision to sign him. And yeah, I said I yesterday, these games are making a nice MVP case for him right now. But doesn't it also, doesn't it also kind of, Highlight Nick's tapes point. You want to lose like... money. <laughs> I'm obviously not placing a bet on that. Do, doesn't it? Doesn't it also highlight Nick's tapes point that like there's value in continuing to run the offense, like to run offense. Like yeah. why? Why? Why does but every it's, team? It's hard need... though. It's it's. But it's not like this is where I truly like. I really wonder about this stuff because like I so I think process wise with Tibbs there are issues with just like his process of like what he wants to happen at the end of games but mm-hmm. I do buy the argument that like regardless of what your process is at the end of games without a true like organizing point guard primary yeah. whatever it's really hard it's really hard to consist like I was watching those Wizards Hawks games they played two in a row this week uh, Wizards lost both in crunch time and I'm watching into your head to watch those. I, I wanted to. I thought they were, they were like the Wizards, just very interesting team to me. I'm like, <laughs> you're everybody is like 19 feet tall except for Dylan Wright. Like, interesting team. Um, but like, you know, I, I'm watching those games and I'm like, I truly feel like I'm like, I'm watching them. And I'm like, man, if the Wizards just had like Fred Van Vliet, how many. How many more wins do they have this year? And I would think I think it's probably like five or six. It's substantial. It's not like a bullshit amount. And it's like because I'm just watching their end of game offense, and it's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna run a Bradley Beal, Kristaps pick and roll. Like it's it just it's it's not easy. And not that anything and the end of game offense is never easy, regardless of who you have. You know, you get a fucking Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter. You're not gonna get like easy in rhythm shots you're gonna have to work for it but like without that organizing player it obviously just becomes initially harder and and i guess it's somewhere in between like nobody we have on the roster can do what brunson does 
but also like it would be nice if he just trusted quickly a little bit more to just run point in those spots. Like I, I, I hate, I hate the heart bringing the ball up the floor thing. I don't understand that at all. Like, why is that a thing? What is that about? Unless it's in transition. I don't want him coming up to dribble the ball up for a fucking half court. Get the fuck out of here. It's not doing anything. For so me. weird to me. Yeah, Van Gundy, Van Gundy talked about it on the broadcast tonight and it was, yeah. Um, and he, he was basically saying that what I'm not saying he's right, by the way, but I mean, Van Gundy knows more about basketball than I'll ever know. So I'm just going to parrot. He also he probably that. is telling us what tips things, by the way. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I'm just going to parrot what he says. And you guys, <laughs> no, I mean that it. it's valuable. I'm, I don't mean that as an insult. Oh, like it's valuable. He, yeah. he, he was saying that Josh Hart, what Josh Hart, uh, bringing up the ball does is he wants quickly to start the action, on the but second side with Randall right? on the on the secondary side, it gives him a bit of an advantage because he's on the he's on the weak side, and so like you know even though it's kind of telegraphed because they do it every single time, like they know the ball's eventually going to end up in quickly's hands. It and he's and he, I, but he's also going to end up in his hands to run the token pick and roll and then swing it to Randall back at the elbow. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, um, but that is the goal. Like quickly, still is the lead initiator, but Josh Hart kind of being the uh, initial initiator i guess the idea is to give quickly a bit of a head start um whether that's right or wrong i i don't know but that's what dang <laughs> was saying on the on the broadcast i think it would be easier if randall would like actually like set a screen on those sometimes yeah that would help a ton yeah that would help this is by the way uh i know we've got a lot more comments up top i i oh my look, gosh I'm, point I'm, I'm not, I, I, look i'm not i'm not there yet but I've got I've got to be honest, like it is very, very clear how much Tibbs loves Josh Hart. And like he should I think he'd marry him. He might actually yeah. like he like you know how he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I had to make a choice, like it was basketball or like a marriage. Like he might quit basketball to marry Josh Hart. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, look. By the way, for those I, listening, I, I still on the I still want to wait for I still I still want to wait for a game when both RJ and Grimes play well. Because we haven't seen it, so like it doesn't ever happening. It's it doesn't matter because Josh Hart keeps playing well, and one of Grimes or RJ keeps not earning the. But like I'm waiting for a game where to just to see what Tibbs does, like because like I don't even I I don't even feel confident saying that Josh Hart is the default closer with Brunson and Randall because literally he's earned it every single game he's played compa- relatively. So like, yeah, like I think Tibbs is just making the right decision, but I do understand where this comment is kind of coming from because it it's so obvious that Tibbs loves him. Like, and for those listening know. on the podcast version, the comment is Tibbs sees point Burks in heart and it's terrifying. Um, I, I also want to say we don't, we don't have to rehighlight it, but I highlighted it earlier and didn't say anything about it. Uh, Larry Israel said that do pointed out that deuce played 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really good comment because yeah, like quickly only playing 31 minutes is great. That's so yeah. good. Like, and we're, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, dips kind of no was, was that yesterday? What the hell was that? He's just like, yeah, I know you're, you're playing, playing the whole second half like, after you just played deuce was, five minutes. Deuce was fine in the in the first half like was he great yesterday no he wasn't he was but he was fine like he wasn't like, like a detriment you can team. play him right. like three or four minutes and just buy quick some rest that was fucking bananas i'm like what are we doing here uh i, I don't know that was 
Tibbs is literally, a, I, literally I, just like I, a I, week away from playing the fifty-five minute game in Boston. Yeah, he does yeah, that. Yeah. Like that's insane. So yeah, I I absolutely loved it. I loved like I I I would have been fine with Deuce getting a few more minutes, but whatever. Like if quickly plays well in Portland Tuesday night and like looks fresh and is hopping around like we know quickly is like. Let's go back to like what Larry Israel said about Deuce playing 17 minutes tonight. Like if he has fresh legs going to Tuesday, yeah, because he didn't go crazy tonight. Like that, that this stuff matters. It has compounding effects. You can't just try to win every single second of every single game because it makes it more difficult to win the future seconds. Like you have to keep the long term somewhat in mind. And I thought Tibbs did a much better job of that tonight. So, anyways, yeah. Um, Good comment by Larry Israel and good job by Tibbs. Just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, please, more. More of playing bench players. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, are we going to highlight this one? Um, as bad as Nick's league game execution has been, um, them burning the final 20 seconds was sadly one of their better possessions in the crunch. That was a great possession. <laughs> I, I it was. It. And, I like, it. the Lakers are – Continue to be a hilarious team, no matter who's on the court for them. Okay, I just praised Tibbs, so I can shit, I can shit on him a little bit right now. Why the fuck did he not challenge that out of bounds thing? It was so clearly off Anthony Davis. Does he think the challenges carry over? He always complains. He's always mad at the refs, and he never challenges anything ever. It's a free roll. The Anthony Davis like, one where he saved it, but his foot was like out of bounds already. My my thing with challenges so clearly are like, out of bounds. Yeah, and we were up ten. We would have just won the game right there. And it was I, like I also like, like I can you can you could he have challenged that call in the first half where quickly clearly got hit on the way up that should have been end one. Yeah, yeah, I think actually, you can challenge a foul. You, you should be able to challenge that because you can challenge. You should be able to challenge like I think he's in the shooting motion. Oh, in the I, shooting I, motion. Okay, he clearly was in the shooting motion. Like he was gathered and going up. Like I have no idea how there wasn't an and one. Um, but yeah, like so. M- my thing with challenges in general are like I think coaches overvalue holding on to them for crunch time possessions. Mm-hmm. I think if you can get a possession where you either get a clear regain, so like a call where the ball is supposed to go to the opponent, but it comes back to you. But the best calls to me are like any any play where you can, where you think you're either going to save points by like a, a wrong foul call getting you know called back, or like hey my guy got fouled, let me challenge it and, and get free throws or whatever the fuck it is. If you can gain points, you should always challenge. In my opinion, if you have a very strong confidence level of like I can win this challenge, and that challenge involves like getting free throws or or getting free throws taken off the board for your opponent like you should always take those i think you should always take them um and and holding on to these fucking things until you know oh no i'm gonna wait for crunch time like i think i think it's very naive um and i flat out i think it's wrong yeah and you like there is very rarely a time when like making sure you kept your timeouts is more valuable than the point EV that you passed up on. Like you're costing directly costing your team points by not taking obvious challenges. Like if there's points to gain, you need to gain points. I just don't get it. Well, there, and there by was, the there way, was that, there was that game against the wizards earlier this year where, um, I mean, we came back and won that game. Thank God. 
But like, you remember in that first half, they were just making everything, right? And we right. made a little bit of a run. And um, Denny had the ball on like kind of a semi-transition, transition or whatever. And he drives. And he clearly like, like ob- very, very obviously pushed off, like pushed off Brunson, like absolutely extended his fucking forearm into his chest and shoved him the fuck off. And then he got an and one on that. And I remember like Tibbs didn't challenge it. And I was like, and then he ended up challenging this idiotic call that Mitch got, like Mitch got a foul call at the end of the game. And he decided to challenge was, was never going to get overturned. But I'm like yeah. that to me, I was like, that's a fucking three point swing right there. That's a three-point swing. I promise you if you challenge that, you're going to win the challenge because it was so obvious that he shoved off Brunson. And like, yeah. and, and this is not, I would like, this is not me just saying like, oh, Tibbs is like the only one. No, I've, I've seen all coaches around the NBA overvalue the fuck out of these challenges. The holding out, oh, I got to have the challenge for the end of the game. I gotta, it might, you might just not get the opportunity to fucking use it then. So I use think- it when you have something that, like, a three-point swing in any game, literally in any game in the NBA, three-point swing. Like, if you can take three points off the board, I can't tell you how important that is. Like, like it's a, sure it could be like a it's, momentum. It's so, it's so hard for a coach to have three points worth of to, right. to affect three points worth of EV. It's like impossible. Like that I is will your say this. I will say this. I think this will. I think this will change when they change the rules. Probably when, whenever they do that change of like when you get when you win a challenge, you get to keep it. I think yeah. that will change this. I, I was I, I was literally about to say that. Yeah. Great point yeah. by you. Um, because they're terrified. Every coach is absolutely terrified of the death scenario where they use their challenge early, it's successful, but they don't have a challenge, and then late some bullshit call happens, mm-hmm. and all oh, our hands are tied because we can't. We don't have a challenge. They're all yeah. guarding against that. They're all doing the Tibbs thing where they create worst case scenario in their head and they guard against it. 100% agree with you, Sam. When they And that's the easiest rule change ever. If you get the challenge right, of course you should get the challenge. Also, back, right? why can't that just happen in season? That should just happen right now. Like It should, but is the there, league is, is there very some, stupid. Are there like a bunch of people in the league that we're not aware of that are like against? Like, no, no, we don't like that. Nobody should my, keep the challenge. My, my, guess, Schwinn, my guess, Schwinn, would be uh, from a competitive advantage standpoint, a certain coach would get more games with that rule. It's impossible to even it out because you will never have a date again in the season when every team has exactly the same amount of games remaining. Fair. So like, you know, right now that right now the Knicks have played, uh, what 70 games and the Nets have played 68 games. So Jock Vaughn gets 14 games with that rule advantage and Tibbs only gets 12. You know, it's just, my guess is from a competitive standpoint. And Jack just- Vaughn definitely does not deserve to have more games than us with <laughs> the extra challenge. And, and also, I just is- did absolute. I just butchered math. So go easy on me, guys. It's fucking almost 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm good at math, though, I promise. Aaron Bender says, is RJ's best skill the ability to get clean looks at the rim? Dog shit attempts aside, he can get so many good looks at the basket, but if he can finish at an average rate, that is a huge upgrade. He had some touch tonight but so little sauce. Yeah. Nobody on the Knicks. And like, honestly, like it's rare across the league can get to the, like can get to the spots that RJ does with the ease. He does. It's all about, as Schwinn said, making the right reads and improving his finishing ability slightly. Like I'm pretty sure his efficiency at the rim and within three feet, it's not great, but it's, it's 
definitely better. Um, I'll look it up right now. But like Schwinn talked about earlier, and I'll pass it off to him, he's still not close to making the reads he needs to. So, like, yeah, it's great that he's collapsing the defense in a way that no other Nick does, but it doesn't really matter if he's not going to capitalize on it. And at the start of the fourth quarter tonight, we saw him capitalize on that. Multiple plays where he draws two or sometimes three defenders, and then all of a sudden, boom, guys like Deuce McBride, Obi Toppin, guys who aren't advantage creators benefit off that. That's how he makes his teammates better, even without making direct assists. You see Julius Randle get a lot more direct assists because what Julius Randle does to collapse the defense is he draws doubles early and he makes the direct passes to shooters. But what RJ does that doesn't show up in the box score, but is an incredibly valuable thing is he makes the first pass in a three pass sequence. And that has a ton of value, especially in a simplistic offense. That's entire design is read and react because a read and react offense, you need something to read. You need to force a collapse. And RJ Barrett does a really good job of that when he's at his best. So yes, getting downhill, getting to those spots, creating shots is absolutely his best skill right now. If he could just finish at the rate he did tonight, man, on like a consistent basis, that would do wonders for this team. Um, But that is asking for a lot, I think, at this point, um, it seems. And we'll have to wait till next year. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't train with Drew Hanlon again. He's going to. Yeah, he is. He's like dedicated to that guy. They're shooting 57% inside five feet. How does that compare to last year? All right. RJ, 52% last year, 52% the year before, and 50% his rookie year. So, yeah, 50, 52, 52, and now 57% inside five feet. So there has been some improvement. What time is our game uh, on Tuesday? Is that like 10 o'clock or some shit? I think so. Yeah. Wow. I'm so excited for this West Coast trip. I hate the West Coast trips. The post games are just like, I I like 1 a.m. It's like, I've always been a fan of like the West Coast trip experience, but I actually hate it when um, the Knicks have a back to back on a weekend. I'm like, really? Yeah. Had had to do Saturday, Sunday, huh? Luckily, yesterday's game was like a 4 p.m. game, so it wasn't too yeah. bad. Um, Jordan Bub asking us all about our favorite, you know, ex-Nick. Um, will Cam Reddish have a good game against the Knicks on Tuesday? Answer from each of us. Yeah, I say four. no for my own sanity's sake. I, I'll take this however you want it. He'll have 14 points on 11 shots. He'll look good. <laughs> he'll have flashes. Maybe he'll have one rebound. And fans will say, oh, man, look what we're missing out on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, I gotta be honest, I just don't really care. Like, I just care about the next Yeah, yeah I don't no, give a shit about much. Cameron. The camera actually is so forced. Like, why are you, why is anybody upset about this? Fuck him. He is, like, <laughs> one of the most losing players possible. Like, this guy, I'm telling you. Dude had the nerve to say it's politics the reason why he didn't He play, has like. the fucking worst net rating out of their main rotation players since he got traded there. <laughs> like, this guy's ability to suck ass no matter how well he's playing as a, like no matter how well he's scoring is, is special generational talent, generational hoodwinker. Like this guy, just fucking snake oil salesman of a basketball player. It's a fucking clown, dude. I'm so sick. Nah, his quote the other day from that Bondy thing that was, was just crazy. ridiculous. Like, Here, oh, it's politics. That quote, that quote tells you every 
everything that you need to know about him. Everything you need to know. It's never his fault. Nope. He, I, I did see him. a good. I did see. A, I did see a good response to that. It was. It, it the guy. His words were something that like I agree with, but I never would have been able to put together myself. He said. Uh, he responded to the Cam quote, and he said, uh, "Cam gain, Cam continuing to gain favor with Cam fan Nick's Twitter and nobody else because like." <laughs> Yeah, when you just throw former coaches under the bus, you're just going to keep losing. Like, future coaches don't want that. Like, they don't – they want no part of that, you know? And it's like – so, yeah, like – Like, you're playing for the 10th seed, which they they look like they want to be the 12th seed right now, the Portland Trailblazers. Like, you're playing for a team that's not actively looking to win right now. So, like, of course you're going to get a whole bunch of opportunities, and it's not going to be politics and all this other stuff, like – of course you're going to get all the run on that you want on the court. Like it's ridiculous. And we can't emphasize this enough. Like, I don't understand. Let's just like put this fucking conversation to bed. The Knicks were 10 and 13. They were like, that's not Cam Reddish's fault. I'm not blaming Cam Reddish. He had plenty of flashes. And yeah, we talked about this last night. It was probably stupid that like, you know, Tibbs was out there running seven man rotations, yada, yada. Okay. But the Knicks were 10 and 13. Put Grimes in the starting lineup. They're whatever they are since. Math. Uh, they're 30 and 17 since then. 30 and 17 with the top five net rating in the league. And then they traded you for Josh Hart, and they immediately they got even better. Years. They got even better. I like, okay, we don't And the have Blazers to- have gotten worse, by the way. The Blazers right. have literally gotten worse. They're four and nine now with Cam since they made that trade. What what is their they're 31 and 37 overall? Do the math. So they we were, don't need to like, like like we don't need to bury Cam Reddish, but why do we need to? We can so bury let's just Cam move Reddish. on. Wish him the best and move we on. We can, That's and right. he makes it very easy to when he talks like that. <laughs> it's not right, it, exactly it's, yeah. it's this insane segment of stands where I'm like, what are you watching with this guy, man? Like, they're watching I, the and sauce. And I say that, sauce? Like, yeah, and I, and I get it. Like, there is like aesthetically, <laughs> he's got a smooth game when he's when he's got it going. And he can get to spots in a way that, like, not many guys his size can. Like, he's extremely fluid, you know, very, very, very versatile. Like, you, you I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, but that being said, it's like, okay, but, you know, I just, it's just stupid. So, it's stupid. So, so, so tonight, Cam had 11, 4, and 3 on 4 of 8 shooting. Fine. Another former Nick had 14, five and 14, five and one on six of seven. Kevin today. Knox. Kevin Knox, baby. Maybe, maybe we've been, maybe we're talking about the wrong former ex Nick. My Knox guy, is- Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Knox is going to have the revenge game that everyone thought Cam is going to have. It's going to be crazy on, on Tuesday. Um, but Wildcard Frazier kind of puts the point, I guess, the best way. The camera reddish regret brigade is making me hate a player I had no real. If- real feelings for so annoying especially when Hart has been so outrageously valuable yeah i mean i've always disliked cam like even since he was at duke i just didn't like see it um um and you know so you've always been a hater yeah i've always been a hater nothing's nothing's changed it's respect yeah you know been hating since day one not a lot of people can can you know relate to that i can i just I've never like uh, besides when he was a Nick, I just I don't know. I don't have it in me. And I know this sounds stupid because everyone knows how much I love Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett. But 
I just don't view it like that. Like he's not a Nick anymore. I don't give a shit. Like good, good luck to him. I hope, I, I hope he finds it. But when he was a Nick, I was rooting for him. And um, you know, like I got into it with some people before the season that I thought it was laughable. Like there were people who were like, oh yeah, we should start Cam and bench Grimes. And I was like, no, that's, I don't think that's true. I don't think that would be good. And like, but like when Cam was in the starting lineup and he was balling, I wasn't worried about like my take looking stupid. Yeah. And when Grimes, you know, joined the starting lineup, I didn't feel vindicated. It's just to me personally, all I care about is the Knicks and the Knicks playing well. And I just don't get these people who value their agendas over rooting for the team there. They, they care about. I just, That'll never make sense to me. It is insane. Um, Nick's tape, like the vid and sub to the channel, y'all. Definitely do that as we are on our way to 1K subs. BXBoy71 says, agree with Schwinn. I curious to understand when to be aggressive and when to set up others. That is the last step in his development as a lead guard. I think that is right. That yep. would be the last step in his development. Yep. He's, he's, you know, collected all the infinity gems so far. That's the last one. Um. The infinity when, gems, the stones. Infin- you mean? Inf- gems, he has, stones. He, he has to get better. He has to get better at having refs give him and ones when they're clearly and ones. I, I just, I could not believe that. That was insane. Just fucking maddening. He had like all this momentum, and it was like, I don't know. It was just. That was so frustrating. And then, of course, he doubled down going for another foul. Like, he was like, oh, they've got to give it to me this time. And yeah, just shot nope. some ridiculous air ball. And nope. And oh, it's bad for him, bad for the Knicks. That was just such an annoying sequence. Um, Knicks tape says RJ's jumper really looks out of whack. Hope he gets it fixed soon. He, that will not happen if he keeps working with Drew Handlin. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I don't have faith this in guy, This anything. guy that we've never met, don't have any idea, never seen his practices. He catches more strays than... I don't know. He needs to like, just leave with, RJ does alone. Does he work with Joel Embiid, too? He's got to be doing Joel something. Joel Embiid, Jason right? Tatum, Zach Levine. Oh, my God. That, that guy, I'm not going to give his name. I'm not going to say his name, honestly, because I don't remember his name. But the dude who's always making those dumbass trade proposals on Twitter... Oh, yeah. I'm, yes, I do. I don't even know. Zach Levine again. Did you know that Zach Levine's teams have never won his minutes in his entire career? Yeah. Yeah. Not once has his team won. It makes sense that it makes sense why him and DeRozan are a duo. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just don't get like he has an all star teammate and they can't, they can't be a top eight seed in the East. I just, why do people want this guy so bad? A 29 year old being $200 million. And his team has never once won his fucking minutes. Just please, like we can fix it. all the best for Zach Levine. Can we just stop talking about him? Um, speaking of RJ, though, I mean, of course he hit the one. Of course, his one three that he hit tonight was like off of a broken play that, like, JC he had to throw up. Um, you know that kind of explains the RJ Barrett experience, I guess, this season. And also the Julius Randle experience. That play was started by quickly gets downhill. Randle's wide open. The defense is scrambling. He just stands there and jab steps. And all of a sudden, here we go. Reset the possession. It's like, oh, great. Okay, it's one of these possessions. And then he almost turns it over. And it's like, oh, man. So he would be so good in these moments. He doesn't have to not be a good crunch time player. He doesn't have to settle for these contested 15-footers. He could catch the ball with an advantage and go. That's an option. Like, can somebody tell him that, please? 
Nope. Because he's so, he's so good and so talented. Just just capitalize on these advantages that your teammates create for you. It's, um, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, Larry Israel. Um, any way you slice it to win this game without Brunson off a of back to back with the rest deficit takes some testicular fortitude. Agreed. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think Larry's killing Larry's killing it yeah, tonight. Definitely is. Um he also says you want RJ to be a halfback and he moves like a fullback. I think that's in reference to Schwinn's um comments. He moves like Mike Allstott. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> I, I, it's Schwinn, just Schwinn, 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 you you made a you made a comment about it last time we were on here. Did you see uh did you see Sam put out another banger on Twitter? Oh, did he? What did he get? He yeah, went viral Hundred K likes. He went viral again, dude. Dude, dude, just what did what did you post? Was it like a picture of just like you taking a shit or something? <laughs> oh, <no>. What? <laughs> he's just he's just hate, he's hating on white chicks in New York, you know. Like he's, <laughs> some shorty was, was very classy. Upset. Very some classy. shorty was upset on 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 TikTok because like some dude didn't want to pay three dollars for extra a slice of cheese on his burger. So I said, <laughs> and then she said she blocked him. She um oh is this that fucking meal. video that came out like that yes and I, and I quote tweeted and I said he went home with a full belly. A full bank account and a smile. Like that guy, he won. He won that night. He did kind of win. You're right. He won. <laughs> like he didn't have to pay for a meal. He didn't have to, and he he didn't have to deal with that. He won. Yeah. I mean, three dollars for a slice of cheese is insane. That's insanity. What, what the fuck? Yeah, I just, yeah, that was. I was it was crazy because I I saw the I saw the video first. And then I saw your because you know you're tweeting good shit all the time, and I saw it, and I was like 75k likes. What the fuck is going on? Like, and it's just like, all right, let's go, Sam. I was shocked myself. I should promo the Strickland under there. I'm gonna do that. You should. And also, Tyrese needs to stop latching onto you like a backpack. You know, anytime you go, anytime you go viral, he's he's hopping in. You know, trying to get trying to get his two cents. Trying to get his five minutes. <laughs> I'm weak. Um, how do you feel about this, Jordan Bub? I think we'll close out um, after a couple more of these comments. But he says RJ needs to get slimmer, even if it means sacrificing some strength in the process. Because if you can't guard Austin Reeves in that ISO situation, that's a huge red flag. I, I mean, a, I. I think, oh, I'm sorry. You go first, Sam. Huh? Yeah, I I would say I think the the bulkiness has been a bit of an issue with him this year. Um, but like you see games like tonight where like he's like sort of able to leverage his strength on drives. But like defensively, it kind of holds him back if he's not really able to, like Schwinn says, he looks like stiff and stuff like that. You wonder if like if he cuts back on the weight a little bit, does that help in any way? Um, I'm not too particularly sure, but I mean, that's just something to think about, I guess. But it does present an an interesting, you know, point of view right there. Yeah. I just want I want to give a shout out to uh, um, Ace Zulo. I think his Twitter name is really good. He's really good on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. He did the post game for KFS last night, and he talked about RJ's weight, and he talked about he he talked about his flexibility and how like RJ doesn't ever like if you watch quickly in Grimes, and Grimes was just terrible tonight. So like I'm not acting like Grimes was killing it out there tonight, but if you watch them navigate screens and just guard, they get so low 
And RJ doesn't get low at all. He just does not have that flexibility and does not have that ability to get low. And it hurts his it navigation. Fu- it also fucks him up on offense, by the way. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so part of getting lighter would just let him, it would make him, it, he would get slightly more flexible and be able to, it would help him on both ends, not only with a quickness from a quickness perspective, but also with that. Um, so, I mean, I see the merit to it I, I don't know i mean I, we'll never know for sure like we're not fucking experts in this area so like there's only there's only so much you know you can hypothesize um but it does make sense he does seem to be plotting especially when he's trying to navigate screens and if you watch his tape at duke he just it seemed like he was more comfortable when he was light more light-footed so I don't know. It'll be curious to see how he handles this upcoming offseason. Schwinn, I know you were someone that was a that was more of a big proponent of the whole weight thing early in the year as well. Do you? Yeah, still I mean, feel that way? the weight stuff with him is just weird. I, I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. Like, he's. It's just weird. I, I really don't like RJ's season. To me, is as weird as Randall's season last year was so I'm kind of just like waiting for it to be over and then we can see what happens like I, I there are still stretches he gives you where I'm like okay this guy's a piece but then you also get like you know we've seen way too many stretches where you're also like what the hell is he doing out there um so that part is tough Do I, uh I I don't Arjun need to get slimmer, even if it means sacrificing some strength in the process, because if you can't card Arsene Reeds in a nice situation, that's a huge red flag. I agree. That is a red flag. Um, I still don't know if McDaniel is 100% there yet, but, but McDaniel is definitely way more ready for it than, than RJ has shown this year. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good shit, Jay. <laughs> Nick's on a 10 game win streak when Trevor Kills is on the roster. So. I don't know what else to say right there. There you go. I think we'll end yeah. here. Never sure. Um, shout out yeah. to Trevor Keels. Shout out to everybody that rocked with us. Definitely. Um, we had like, what, 45 people out here at one point? Mm. Um, definitely hit that like button. Subscribe. Um, check out all the links to Strickland-related stuff in the description. We got links to the um, merch that Schwinn... And Jeff are rocking right now. Um, I got in front of me in a box on the floor under my desk that I showed off in the last post game. Um, check out the links to the site, Patreon, and Twitter. All great ways to support us. We are also on Instagram at the strict.land, another great way to consume Nick's Strickland related content. So definitely check all that out. We will be back on Tuesday night, or actually probably Wednesday morning at that point, because it's freaking 10 p.m start and post game will be at like 12 a.m or whatever it is but yeah definitely check that um we'll be back then on wednesday morning um after the blazers game hopefully knicks are able to pull out another win and don't have to deal with um cam reddish having a good game um but yeah everyone enjoy your monday peace out
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.